The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. No mai hoki mai ki a The Fold e mihi nei ko Duncan Green My guest this week is Ahmed Osman, who, I'm going to be honest, I had not heard of this time last week. And... I got an email over the weekend uh, from Ahmed and um, quite quite long and and very, very well written and, and compelling, talking about, you know, we live in an era where diversity and representation are, are, are considered and, and discussed a lot and, you know, th- there are particular, you know, where we're sort of realising, you know, we, we being the sort of the very Pākehā-dominated media, are realising that there are more stories than ours to be told. And that, that is sort of going out in layers and, and for, you know, sort of Māori stories and Pacific stories have become much more uh, prioritised. Still not enough, still nowhere near done as if it'll ever be done, but, but there's been an emphasis there. Just this morning, New Zealand On Air sent out a press release talking about uh, Pan Asian stories and the, the historic underrepresentation of those communities on our screens. And what Ahmed was saying, so Ahmed is a uh, Somali New Zealander. He um, he came here when he was twelve. He's now thirty five. He's been obsessed with film his whole whole life, uh, and you'll hear him speak very affectingly about that on this podcast. Uh, but he, aside from Brotown, you know, that, that absolute uh, gem, uh, shining light that was Brotown, he said he's never seen anyone who, who sort of looked like him on our screens. And what we do, I think, is get into some really, really interesting spaces where, you know, very frequently I think that we think about representation or, or commissioners think about representation and the we must have a certain quantum of content from a particular community to serve that particular community and it should be roughly proportional to, to that community's size, which is just such a reductive way of thinking about this stuff because it, it implies that the only stories that we're interested in are ones that are basically about our own lives and the whole recent history of, of television all over the world is that the, the shows that have really impacted have been about wholly different communities and it's that transportational um, opportunity that, that exists um, with, with our stories. But more than that, if what, what happens when you're one of the people who sits in the 1%, you know, the, the sort of African Muslim community, according to community size, you might never get funded. And we've 
talk about that and we talk about the flow and consequences of that. And what I love about the conversation is that um, Ahmed, who clearly has been, he's been working at this for over a decade. He's not, I mean, I'm sure at times he is angry. He has every right to be, but this is very much a conversation that comes from a place of here is what we're missing and here is the opportunity. And so I think it gets to, into some really interesting stuff. Um, if you want to see his work, he has a show on called Third, Third Culture Minds, um, which he made for on, on a tiny shoestring budget and is one of the, the, the best and, and most popular things that they've done. Um, he's just founded a new production company called Homegrown with uh, Muhammad Hassan. And you know, this, is, this is a person who's, who's in his prime and you know, has, some, has some fantastic ideas. And I'm, I really hope that this conversation uh, leads to more opportunities for him and people like him. Just before we start, I want to thank Vodafone for making The Fold possible. Uh, a conversation like this feels like it really matters and so I just really really appreciate that that Vodafone um, funds the fold and and has uh, you know made that decision to 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 make a conversation like this possible they provide the world-class network infrastructure that underpins the spin-off and we we rely on it every day and I suggest that you do the same this is Ahmed Osman on the fold Tanakwe Ahmed, and uh, welcome to the Falls. Thanks very much for having me, Duncan. I'm a big fan of the of the uh, podcast, and I really appreciate you having me on. Oh no, I, I really appreciate you you joining me. And uh, and as I said before, I, the the email that you sent was was one of the best and most um, considered and, and thought provoking that. Uh, that I've that I've had since since starting the podcast, if I'm honest, and you know, as regular listeners will know, normally I start I'd like to kind of get get right into the topic, but I think that with this one, without knowing more about you and your story and your your journey to this moment, so do you, do you mind kind of explaining for our listeners, uh, yeah, a bit about your, yourself and your background? Yes, absolutely. Um, my name is Ahmed Osman, um, uh, f- filmmaker. Uh, originally from Somalia, uh, I grew up in uh, in Wellington. Uh, came to New Zealand when I was about twelve. So, born in Somalia, uh, we fled around the early nineties, around ninety one, uh, when I was four, because of the civil war that broke out there. Spent several years of my childhood in uh, Kenya, uh, and uh, was fortunate enough to come over here under the refugee status uh, uh, when I was twelve. Went through Mangre resettlement centre and then we got resettled in Wellington, grew up there and uh, yeah, so been here a little over 20 somewhat years, what am I now, 35? So yeah, quite a long time. And tell me tell me how you got interested in, in film and television and why you're so passionate about it. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite funny because growing up, um, you know, Film and generally to television has always been part of my life. Um, and Somalis, you know, we're quite a 
oral storytellers uh, were quite uh, poetic people in essence. But uh, how I got into it was, you know, when I was quite young, uh, my mum used to get these bootlegged DVDs and, and videos of Bollywood films. And within the Somali community, there, you know, we're quite big fans of uh, Indian films and Bollywood films in general. And we used to get these uh, DVDs that, of, of Bollywood films that were translated into Somali. And uh, every Friday, man, we used to just kind of like bunker down, watch, and these videos will make its way around the communities. And, uh, you know, they'll just, we'll just continue to pass on um, to one another. And, uh, I just I just recall watching so many Bollywood films as a kid and uh, just seeing how in one moment these you know these movies will have like action sequences and they will have you know um fight scenes and then the next minute it's just all sort of like dance and song and music and happy and then go back to dramatics and everything like that and from when I was six years old it's just sort of like what I wanted to do and this just sort of took me away from my environment and where we were and uh transported me because they're just such captivating and happy films but it's got everything you want in a film action you know drama music all of that and uh, I loved it and you know I knew that that's kind of like what I wanted to do so the email you that you you sent me um contains this line which honestly I've heard variations of from multiple people from different kind of communities within New Zealand over the years and and it basically says I've never seen anyone who looks like me on our screens and you you know, you, you acknowledge in the email that um, you know you're, you're African you're Muslim that that these communities are sort of roughly one percent of uh, you know or, or that community is roughly one percent of, of our population but you know just hearing you tell your story then you can kind of sense that that in terms of stories that we should think about and that would help broaden our conception of what a, a New Zealander is that they're you know, it's incredibly important that, that we recognise those. Um, how, how does that sort of lack of representation in our media, on our screens, manifest and impact um, the communities that you feel a relationship with? In a lot of ways, really. You know, I strongly believe that if you can see yourself reflected on, uh, you know, television or in, in, in any capacity, whether that is on print media or in commercials or in TV shows or anything like that, you can as aspire to be. So for me growing up, um, I didn't really see anyone that looked like me on television. Um, I didn't really see anyone that looked like me in newsrooms. I didn't really see anyone that looked like me um, uh, or anybody who wore a headscarf or anything like that. Um, and that has a huge impact on how we see ourselves, the kind of stories that are told about about us, but also the kind of stories that we want to tell. Um, you know, and I think it's it, it's it's really really important because the fact is, you know, um, we've been in New Zealand well over thirty years, or, or and you know our stories are quite unique. We've got such authentic stories, which I think will add to. Um, New Zealand screen industry, but it's not something that uh, that's sort of taken into account. Yes, we're such a small population, but being from Africa, um, uh, you know, I I love Bollywood films and I related to those, and so for me, uh, that says everything. You know, we can we can watch content and we can find something that we can just sort of like take interest in, but you know that 
that's the only thing is that, you know, just growing up, there was no one that looked like me. And that does have an impact um, in the way that you see yourself. So, yeah, it does have quite a huge impact on our communities. So since training um, to, 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 to work in this industry, uh, you know, do you want to describe that the, the way that you've interacted with it? You know, I think there, there was certainly a frustration I sensed um, or that you articulated in the email that, um, that the, about the, the roles and the opportunities that, you, that you've had, the, the gap between those and what you aspire to do and, and to, to be. Absolutely. I think, you know, I've, I finished film school, I think it's over 11 years ago now. Um, most of the roles that I've been in have been running jobs or clerking jobs or production assistants or those sorts of roles. You know, starting out, I always wanted to, I did a bit of theatre. Um, I wanted to act. So I think a great article that I read was Kelvin's article. And that just sort of explained, um, I think that I related to that so much because that was my experience and it was a big part of the reason why I didn't want to be in front of the camera anymore. Um, just because of the opportunities that were coming that I was, that, that I was getting offered were those of like being the extra or like, you know, being in, uh, in King Kong and being on the island skull scenes and all of those sorts of things. Or, um, those really, I think Calvin summarized it in a really great way. And so it was a big part of the reason why I decided to go behind the camera because I wanted to tell stories that were authentic, that were unique. And uh, to be able to get those opportunities meant that obviously you've got to gain the experience um, to tell those stories. And for me, I felt for a really long time I've tried to do that. But, you know, when you continue to work on things and you just keep getting the same sort of roles which don't give you the opportunity to grow or learn, um, it just really made me feel disheartened and made me fall in love with the industry that I loved growing up, um, you know, wanting to be part of. So, and it was a big part of the reason why I just decided to just not take jobs like that anymore and go out and try and do my own things, you know, and, and try and tell stories that meant something to me, even if that meant, you know, finding it really, really challenging to be able to get those projects funded or to be able to, to get these projects made in any capacity. I just decided that this is what I wanted to do. I'm going to go out and try and do it. So I, I want to um, to talk about that that sort of funding, commissioning, you know, production houses, that, that piece um, shortly. But before then, I want to look at um, some of the, the work that you, you know, have been able to, to make, um, you know, most uh, notably this uh, a series for Re, um about sort of migrant and and kind of resettled stories uh, in some respects. Do you, do you want to tell me tell me about that work and what it was what it was like to work on something which is much closer to yeah probably probably the closest thing that that to 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 something which recognizes what what you've been describing so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those are sort of the authentic stories that I was um, I'm talking about. Is that you know a lot of that doesn't get highlighted within our communities. Um, uh, being able to make third culture minds meant that it wasn't without its challenges. You know, we pitched this project to multiple platforms and uh, we were told that there was no audience for it and that, you know, um, uh, there weren't a lot of people that were going to watch this. But how, we that, knew how, does that, that, how does that feel when you get that kind of feedback? You're essentially being told stories which are, you know, on some level that's your story, just aren't interesting. That must be Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's, it is, it's very disheartening. You know, I think it's, uh, you work so hard to try and, um, 
to 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 fit in to be part of you know uh, to try and have the opportunity to tell your own stories but to show that there is authenticity in those stories that you're trying to tell in fact you know try and diversify from the same sort of things that we've been seeing on our screens for a really long time and share stories that are unique to a, a group of community or a group of people that have not been seen before that have not been told from the perspective that we're trying to tell it from um so absolutely it was without a doubt disheartening but it didn't make us you know uh stop or you know just sort of like second guess ourselves we continue to push push on with that to try and make it fortunate enough to work with the team at re francis and anna who have been incredible but we made that project for the bare minimums from the mental health foundation you know and uh, <laughs> i flew over to the other side of the world to be able to conduct an interview for that so that in itself says something so yeah those are those are the sort of challenges that um i kind of refer to is that it's not the first time that you get told like okay yep there's no platform for this or there's no audience for this and um who's going to watch it or who's going to be able to relate to this sort of uh content we saw that third culture minds is probably one of Ree's most successful um features that they've done it's won an award here and in australia as well for mental uh, you know journalism award for mental health uh, and it shared experiences that are very very close to us so that is the sort of challenges that that uh, that I was talking about for sure we'll, we'll take a, a very quick break now and uh, return with more from uh, Ahmed shortly the fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. With over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres, I'm super grateful to O Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. We're back now with, with Ahmed Osman, who was uh, just describing his uh, Third Culture Minds, um, his uh, a brilliant kind of documentary series for Re. I want to, to talk now a bit about how we, we sort of solve for this, because the, the issues you describe of sort of butting up against a gatekeeper that basically, you know, tell, tells you that, that, that your, your story or what, what it is you want to do... Um, there just isn't an audience for it. And it feels like there's, there can be, you know, the, the New Zealand media and television industry has belatedly discovered that it should be a more diverse place. And, uh, you know, there's been a variety of different pressures that have brought that about. But it seems to be, you know, it's trying to solve, in inverted commas, that that very quickly. And, and it seems to consider that, okay, well, in addition to the sort of dominant Pākehā narratives, we'll add Māori and Pacific stories. But 
it doesn't really go a long, long way beyond that. In fact, just this morning, there was a, a New Zealand on Air press release highlighting the lack of um, Asian, uh, pan-Asian representation um, in New Zealand. And I'm sure that you've had conversations with people from that community about their own um, struggles there. Where do you sort of, you know, in your over, you know, what is more than a decade now, um, sort of pressing on that, where do you feel like the the issue lies? Because you have this, this joined up thing, you know, some, some of our listeners won't necessarily, um, you know, have, know, know about this, but to, to get something made in New Zealand, someone has to pay for it. Mostly that's New Zealand On Air. New Zealand On Air doesn't really directly fund things. It tends to have a, a platform like uh, in between, and then often it's made by a production house, and you kind of need three yeses to, to, to get that made. Do you have a sense of where the, the issue lies from your perspective? I think it's across the board. Uh, you have to look at the funders, you have to look at the commissioners, you have to look at the production houses, and you have to ask the question, um, are there people in those spaces that look like us, that are willing to tell an authentic story, a different story? Um, I love what the Pan-Asian Collective is doing. You know, I love Suchi and like, you know, um, um, Roseanne and those guys. And uh, I'll go back to like in the last year, if you look at what's been on television, what has been the most, um, you know, standout programs or TV shows that we've seen? Creamery. And I think, you know, if you look at the team behind that, it's unique, it's diverse and it's people being, you know, um, given the opportunity to try and tell something that's different. Panthers is another another thing. It's quite historical, but great. I think the funders are doing everything they can to be inclusive and try and give opportunities and you know platforms to uh, to you know indigenous storytellers to Pacifica and now to Pan Asian communities. But I think if you look at NZ on Air's um, uh, you know uh, funding schedules and deadlines, it says on the targeted rounds communities of Pacific, Asian, Indian, and other reasonable size communities. There's nothing in there about Muslims. There's nothing in there about Africans. Yes, we do make up about 1% of the population, but I guarantee you, as I said, Duncan, that our stories would add to the, would enrich the screen, uh, our screens, whether that is in in, in newsroom capacity, whether that's in, uh, you know, uh, TV shows, commercials, or so forth. You know, uh, Muslims make up over one point something a billion uh, people over the, uh, around the planet. And, you know, to not have one single person um, to be on a TV show or to be on a commercial or to be on anything in this country is, is really, really dire. And, you know, we've seen recent uh, research conducted um, that representation matters that if you see yourself on screen, you can aspire to be. And I truly believe that, you know. And for me, I would go back to my own experiences, that if I had seen people that look like me in front and behind the camera, it would be so much easier for me to aspire to be a director to produce uh, and to be able to make the content that would add to our industry. And when we make content we shouldn't, I don't think, I think it's sort of somewhat reductive to say that if a community makes content, it's making it purely for its own community. Obviously, it has great um, flow on effects there, but it's also when done well, it can reach a mass audience and it can change that audience. And I think, you know, we've seen with the, the horrific attacks in, in Christchurch, and it's always dangerous to uh, 
kind of extrapolate from the actions of an individual you know something broader about the culture but on some level he was created by by a hateful culture and you know there is a sense that our, our tolerance and our sort of shared understanding can be improved by the communication of our stories in, in a variety of ways you you also pointed out in in your email um they are us the the you know, the seemingly thankfully um stillborn film um project that that was going on was about but not of that community. Do you want to talk about uh, that that episode? I, you know, to understand if it's 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 too raw, and 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 about how it felt for that to be the first sort of big project that sort of seems to have been about the Muslim community, and you, you know how, how that felt for you as someone who's been in it pushing for for so long. Absolutely, and just to go back to that point, just you made just before that is that um, you said that. It, Sometimes the narrative of of Islam and Muslims globally um, is has been atrocious. I would say, you know, on, on as far as the representation goes, the characters that you see of 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 Muslim people and of the religion of Islam has always been uh, that of the terrorist and a narrative that's been created. Um, and that's something that you know I think added to what we saw happen because I I do believe that media plays a really strong role in the way that people think you know and uh, globally we're in a situation now where everything that we see influences us everything that we see um, has an impact on us the way that that we live and we consume so much content so when there's a narrative that's created that's definitely going to add to um, how certain people feel about um, one's religion, one's gender orientation or anything, right? And so had there been a better representation of the Islamic faith and Muslims in general, um, uh, you know, we wouldn't be in the spaces that we are at the moment. And, you know, going on to the that point of like, they are us, um, our community was impacted by what happened on March 15th. Like literally every single person um, that is Muslim in New Zealand was impacted because they knew someone who was impacted by what happened. And I think to try and tell a story about that, to take that narrative away from those that have experienced this atrocious, heinous act, um, just showed the lack of understanding, the lack of empathy, and I think the lack of originality when it comes to storytelling, you know? Yes, we'll get to a point where we might see stories about um, what happened uh, March 15th. And yes, there will come a point when people will start talking about that sort of stuff. But who do we want telling those stories? That's really the most important question that we should have just first asked. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, we need to get there. We need to be able to uh, to be able to see Muslim filmmakers, we need to be able to see, you know, Muslims on our screen. We need to be able to see Muslims strive. We need to be able to see Muslims fall in love. We need to be able to see people with hijabs on our screen so that when they're out and about, they're not being abused. And I think that's what representation in front and behind the camera uh, is so important. Kia ora. I mean, hearing you you talk, that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that to this point we've had to dwell on the the struggle, which has been really, it sounds like largely your experience, um, 
But what I'd love to do now is sort of pivot it towards what you'd love to do if given the opportunity. You know, essentially, like I know that we've got some uh, some people who listen who are in in these roles who who think and care and actually can make make changes that that might improve this environment. Um, what, what are some of the other? Uh, is there a particular project? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but but uh, you know something that you would love to do. Uh, uh, you know, most most of us have got a a draw full of them, right? That um, that that is just waiting for the opportunity. You know, I, I have to say that I'm I'm in a privileged position where we are making content. Um, uh, you know, we've uh, we do have stuff in development. I think that who's we in this context? Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> well, uh, we, we we recently just started a production company, Homegrown, um, and our aim is to produce content. You know that that would further. Uh, the Muslim experience here in in, in Aotearoa, um, uh, and we're working on some things. Um, hopefully, that that we'll see on our screens at some point. Um, but what I would love to see is I would love to see you know the commissioners really whether you're whether that's in NZ on air, whether that's you know um, the film commission, whether that's at the networks, production houses, agencies, really consciously look at what they're doing in terms of their day-to-day uh, roles and the positions of influence that they're in and really ask themselves what it would do for us as a whole, as a, as a, you know, as, as an industry to have a more inclusive industry. You know, I would love to see Afro-Kiwis be able to tell their own stories. I think in music, we're seeing that so much um, because if you look at the, you know, the artists that are currently around in TV, and commercials, you know, you're creating an engagement. You're 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 give, you know, you're almost gaining a new audience, you know, that have been neglected by mainstream media. But I also think that yeah, those things matter. We need to be able to see ourselves reflected so that we can, you know, our next generation can strive to be. So I would say it's a collective issue that that whether it's uh, as I said, whether it's you know uh, the funders, uh, the commissioners, networks, agencies, and so forth. Yeah, that's that's basically where it is, right? Like, uh, I think it's something that we all need to to think about. And um, yeah, I, I admire you so much for you, the way that you've articulated that. And and um, I, I hope that our listeners are listening and and have been provoked by it. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on the fold today, Ahmed. I really appreciate your time and um, and wish you all the best with homegrown and and with with hopefully affecting uh, change in, in the opportunities for, for Afro-Kiwis and, and, for, um, and for Muslims on, on all, in all the facets of our, of our industry here. Thank you so much, Duncan. I really appreciate you having me on. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e tewi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.